0: Hey, everybody, how are you guys doing today? I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for being here today for episode number 995. This is Monday, September 7th. This is Mailbox Monday. Man, we got a lot of great things to talk about. We're going to answer your questions. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. is a great day for you guys to be here. First of all, I'm really excited because our Bible study at Mom Strong International kicks off today. Today we celebrate Labor Day, and I know a bunch of you are off work today. You might be planning barbecues and other family celebrations. Whatever you're doing, stop for a moment and celebrate a job well done. I love Labor Day. I like it better when it's not in the Rona, but I'm really glad uh, that you guys are here with me. Also happening today, our September Bible study is kicking off at Mom Strong International. And come and join me for this very special part of our ministry. Lots of women walking together to better understand God's word. And we are studying the book of 2 Peter. The scripture writing challenge, of course, started on the 1st of September. You can find all that stuff at MomStrong international.com I know you guys are going to be excited uh this is an, an awesome awesome opportunity to study the word of God all right I'm going to be just jumping right in today uh to your questions you guys have been turning in some amazing questions and I love to uh, read them and I love to answer them and talk about them with you I hope it's an encouragement for you if you want to have your question featured here at mailbox Monday it's an easy to do uh, it's easy to do just go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. You're gonna see a form there and you can fill out that form and then uh, that'll get dropped into a little queue for me and I can check it out there. Also, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And this is where you can leave a voicemail. And remember the voicemail has to be under a minute long, but uh, if we like your message and it's a good question, we will go ahead and air that and we'll answer it on the air so uh i'm gonna go ahead and just jump into your questions and hopefully we can get through a whole bunch of them here today at mailbox monday first question comes from a mom she says heidi what should we expect from our pastors right now what if this pandemic has revealed a much larger group of liberals in your church than you realized? people who support blm and gently, in quotes, gently tell others to wear their mask if they love their neighbor, and those people are leading Bible studies. And what if our pastors seem to be avoiding being direct about politics in light of these revelations? Our pastors decided they would go against their personal preference and wear masks in church in order to make other churchgoers comfortable. This all has us highly questioning if this is the right church for us. We've been going for about a year. All right, like I've been telling you guys, I would say 90% of the questions that I'm getting right now here at the podcast have to do with COVID-19 and how churches are responding. You've heard me say many times that I have been disappointed in churches to the point of being discouraged, even disillusioned. Uh, Why they won't open their churches is beyond me. And then when they do open, a lot of them are doing you know, temperature checks and things like that. Listen, I'm not a pastor. And so I'm not in the shoes of a pastor. My main concern, my main frustration, and I think even a righteous indignation aimed at these pastors who simply will not open their churches. And so if your church is open, so me personally, if you're asking about me personally, I would not go to a church that required me to wear a mask. I just simply will not do it. I'm not gonna go to a church that's gonna take my temperature before I walk in the front door. Riddle me this, you guys. Can't somebody take, let's say let's say that somebody woke up with a fever or a headache, they didn't feel good, they popped a couple of Tylenols and they got rid of their fever and they went to church and they were sick anyway. You're not gonna be able, I mean, this, this whole idea that we're gonna screen you for a fever and that's gonna, that's gonna prevent the spread of COVID is ridiculous. And uh, to me, it's a cowtowing, but I don't think it's sin. I just think it's, I just, I, I don't see the necessity in it. Uh, I don't think it works. I mean, are you going to start asking people when they had their last Tylenol? going to ask them if they've had any ibuprofen that day? I mean, when, does, when do we stop being a hospital and start being a church? And so if you've got a pastor in your church who supports Black Lives Matter, that I would run away from. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. They stand for uh, the dismantling of the nuclear family. They want to see fathers out of the home. This is an inherently racist organization. They don't care about black lives. They don't care about black police officers. They don't care about conservative black people. They don't care about black babies in the womb. And so if you've got people, particularly pastors in your church, and they're supporting Black Lives Matter, uh, that. It would be a huge red flag for me. And that alone, that would be enough reason for me right there to leave a church like that. And so uh, these these are tough times. We've got so much happening right now that is shaking, right? There's a separating, there's a sifting happening in the church and it's painful. But the good news is that we're gonna be able to be in fellowship with people who we actually know who they are. And I think before this, we didn't. So the Rona's really shining a light on a lot of this progressive Christianity that has leaked into our churches and is really hurting us. And so I would say now's a good time for you to find another church. And, uh, you know, I for sure if you guys know the pastor's well which it sounds like maybe you don't because you've only been going there for about a year but if you know if particularly if you've been involved in leadership if you if they know who you are um I would at least tell them why you're leaving right and so uh, let them know what's going on you can send them a letter you can make a phone call you can make a meeting whatever but I do think you know if if they lack discernment to the point where they're supporting the terrorist organization that is black lives matter uh It's time to go. It's definitely time to go. So anyway, I hope that helps. Uh, This one came in about a week and a half ago and um, sounds like, well, I'll read it to you. I, I know this is the heart of a lot of you right now. She says, dear Heidi, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I'm doing as a wife and a mother. I feel lost. The world is so loud right now. And being away from my church and my family has rocked my world. Uh, so sweet, sweet mom. A couple things I want to say to you. Uh, first of all, I understand, and I think you know the the impact. Like I've said, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of times here at the podcast, the impact of the Rona, this uh, social distancing, these garbage mask mandates, our churches closing. I think that the damage that that's doing is going to take us generations to recover from, but it doesn't change what God wants you to do. And God says for you to, to, you can trust him, right? You can trust him no matter what you're doing and you can trust him to be faithful. And I'm just gonna encourage you right now towards uh, finding people who will meet with you in person. All right, let them, let your heart just go outside of the bounds of where you've been Right, so so for all these years and you've been uh, going to church I imagine and being plugged in and God doesn't want you to feel lost and oh my goodness, neither do I. And I agree with you, the world is so loud. The world is so loud. And when the world is loud, I run to the Bible. All right, I run to, to God's word. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. So don't let your heart be troubled. And do not be afraid. Psalm 23, four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Bible says in Psalm 34, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Proverbs chapter three, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. One of my favorite verses in the Bible found in Revelation chapter 21, verse four, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. You see, the Lord's coming back and he's gonna gonna set things right. And this is hard right now, but I want you to know that you're not alone. You're not alone, you are loved. Focus your heart on the Lord and focus the hearts of your children. If if you haven't joined us at MomStrong International, I want, I hope that you'll do that. That is a thriving community there. And we are walking out this thing together and we're doing it uh, by the study of God's word and encouraging each other. So um, hang in there. The Lord does not want you to be afraid, all right? He's never gonna leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He has plans for you, right? That's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That's the Lord. That's the Lord, uh, and He loves you. Okay, so hang in there. All right, next question. Hey, Heidi. Our oldest daughter attends a wonderful Christian private school here in Virginia. They just released the plans for the school year, which include, among other measures, social distancing in the classroom and throughout the school, a mandatory mask wearing for the entire school day except while they're eating lunch. I was really hoping her school would be able to do something different than the other schools in the area and be a beacon of hope and light to our community. My daughter has decided not to return to campus based on these new rules. I plan to write a letter to the school to explain our decision and there are so many reasons why I disagree with what they're doing. Here's my question. Knowing my audience, what two to three points would you suggest that I include in my letter? I feel like this is my chance to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. Okay, so I love this question. I love that you are going to communicate with the school rather than just leave. I think that's very important. The first thing that I would say is that we are playing into... I think, uh, into the hands of the enemy because we are following a narrative that is not based in science because the science changes all the time. We can see that this isn't nearly as contagious as they told us it was in the beginning, right? In the very beginning, we all did the thing and now we're what, six months into it and we realize, oh my goodness, we're being played. So around here, you know, we have said to people, A, I will not put masks uh, on children. I just absolutely will not do it for a hundred different reasons. You guys heard my friend Betty on the podcast on Friday. Uh, It's a terrible idea. When we teach our children social distancing, what we're doing is we're hurting them. We were not meant to social distance. And I believe that the ramifications from this are going to plague us for generations. I really believe that we are hurting our children. So that'd be my number one thing. I'd say we're hurting our kids. This mandatory mask wearing is hurting our kids. Also, it's it's saying that we don't actually believe that our days have already been ordained for us. And so I don't believe that God would have us walk around with masks on our faces and social distance from each other when he's created us for relationship first with him and then with other people. If we truly believe that God has uh, already appointed when we're going to die, when we come into the world and when we go out, then we don't have to live in fear. And it's an irrational fear. And so- uh, You know, if the science was there, then I'd say fine, but the science is definitely not there. And we're watching what this has done to the Christian community, watching what it's been done, what has been done to our churches, seeing the politicization of this, right? We saw Nancy Pelosi completely uh, a hypocrite. These people are hypocrites, right? She has not let anybody in her neck of the woods in California, they can't even open their salons. And when they finally did get to open, they can only do people's hair outside. It's so backward but nancy pelosi went to the hair salon and got her hair done and she didn't wear a mask and she didn't social distance and you guys were being played and so unless and until we stand up to it this craziness is going to continue so that would be kind of where i would start i think the main thing is that this is not good for children not even a little bit and uh, i don't care if your kid is uh, five years old or 15 it's not good for kids all right Uh, Next question says, I have been very blessed by a popular Christian author who wrote a book uh, years ago on being grateful. The book changed my life and it convicts me afresh each time I read it. I've been very disappointed in the author recently though for what seems to be a focus on loving everyone at the expense of standing for truth. My question is, at what point should I avoid an influence that I feel has become such a mixture of truth and error? Um, okay, so, and she goes on to talk about you know feeling like there's been a recent departure from the truth, or has she been in error all along so so here's the thing, you guys, like I told you before uh there are a lot of Christian authors out there, um a lot of popular bloggers, a lot of people who have been uh we have seen in the public eye for a very long time, pastors of churches uh musicians people that we looked up to and trusted and all of a sudden we're like, wait wait a second. I think the Lord is showing us something right now. And just like I answered the first question today, when I find out that a Christian author or speaker or a pastor supports Black Lives Matter, it's an instant, uh, it's an instant for me, it's a a no-go right? So there's nothing more to talk about. I can see that there's a a huge lack of discernment. I've been very disappointed to see statements made by people like Max Lucado, for one, uh, and there's several other Christian leaders, which I've just been like, what in the world is going on? Uh, There is fear, so much of this is fear, right? And the adversary is using it, right? He's using our desire to be loving and kind and good, and he's twisting it and he's using it in a way that I have It's almost incomprehensible to me at this point. And so um, I don't know that this negates every book that this person has ever written. I think that there's still some really good things to be read, but I definitely, uh, I have stopped following a lot of people. And let's be honest, you guys, a lot of people stop following me. I mean, that's truly what's happening. So, I mean, I get letters all the time, you know, you're a big fat jerk and, you know, I can't believe you don't wear a mask and, and uh, stop calling it a scam, Demic and all this stuff. And I'm not following you anymore. And uh, that hurts, but there's a, there's a sifting happening. There's a separating happening. And when you see that somebody writes with a, with a mixture, as you called it, of truth and error, I would be, I would be distancing myself from that. I probably wouldn't subscribe to whatever it is that this author is doing anymore. Probably wouldn't, you know, get whatever, you know, emails or blogs or whatever. And in the same way that people have said, hey, I don't follow Heidi St. Johnny, anymore," there was a lady a uh, couple of, last week, I think, who, you know, publicly posted, you know, her disdain for me. <laughs> and uh, that hurts. So I would say, if you're gonna stop following this, this person, this author, I don't think you need to make a public statement. I don't actually understand why people do that. Um, but I would say, if it's troubling your heart, pay attention, pay attention. We cannot sacrifice truth on the altar of a misguided mercy. If you look at a lot of these people who are coming out now and we're seeing this, this incredible shift towards progressive Christianity, this incredible lack of discernment. Uh, these teachers, there's a church in downtown Portland. Basically, you go to their website now and it's, just, it's an ad for Black Lives Matter and social justice. And as I've said here before, the gospel, when we understand the gospel and we preach the gospel, the whole counsel of God, justice is the natural result when we worship at the altar of social justice and the social gospel the social justice gospel which is what this author and lots of other authors are doing right now i can see how it happens because we care about other people so that that our desire to be kind our desire to be loving and a lot of times it blinds us to the truth and so in our desire to be kind and loving like this you know this christian statement for science in pandemic times because i love therefore because of my faith in jesus i'll wear a mask that's that's a gross misinterpretation of Scripture, and so when you see people not being able to rightly divide God's Word and to use it as talking points to manipulate you, something's wrong. All right, something's wrong. And so uh, I, I, I'm going to encourage you away from public statements, from uh, hurting people, you know, because you just feel like you have to make a point. But I would say I think you're wise. You can see that something's wrong, and these are not people I would follow anymore. Uh, and, uh, and that's just the truth of it. All right. Next question. Can you give me your thoughts on the correlation between face masks and sex trafficking, how to keep our little ones safe in this ever-changing world? Well, you guys already know that, um, Betty Campbell was on the show with me on Friday and we gave you guys, if you haven't heard that podcast yet, I'm going to encourage you to do it, uh, because we gave you some really great ways to keep your kids safe, particularly on the internet. You guys, I'm going to say this, uh, for the four millionth time it feels like, do not put masks on your children. I don't want my kids feeling comfortable wearing a mask. If a guy comes up to my nine-year-old child and puts a mask on her face, I want her to know this is wrong. If, if uh, you know, like I told you, what happened to us at that rest stop when we were out on the road a few weeks ago, uh, it occurred to me, you know, someone could slap duct tape and put duct tape over my child's mouth, put a mask on her, Walk her out to the car. No one say anything because everybody just thinks it's normal right now to wear a mask. It's not normal. This is Marxism. They want to make normal the abnormal, and so uh, there's an absolutely a correlation. Uh, the other thing that masks—you guys look up the science. Um, masks make you uh, submissive. There are so many. There are so many reasons why I think it's a bad idea. You know, if we want to wear a mask for a couple of uh, weeks to protect ourselves and we don't understand what's going on, that's one thing. But to have this be, this is our new way of life. No, I reject it. I reject it at its core. Um, it's bad for our kids. It's bad for you. Uh, but there's obviously, there's a correlation. And so uh, we want to keep our kids safe. And we want our kids to know that they don't have to, um, they don't have to, be, to live in fear of a virus with a 99.98% survival rate, all right? And that's really, the, ultimately, that's what we want our kids to hear, right? Their faith is in the Lord. And we, I'm not saying act foolishly, right? Wash your hands, take, why? I mean, you guys, riddle me this. Why is the, um, the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization, why are they pushing a vaccine, but they're not saying, hey, you guys, um, let, bone up on your vitamin D3 and take more zinc and drink more water and do all those things. They're not actually helping us to be safe at all. They're just saying, keep drinking that, you know, 16, you know, a 16 ounce Pepsi and those French fries and keep going through the drive-through at McDonald's and uh, wait for a vaccine. It's so backward. It's just so backward. And so we wanna be gentle as doves and wise as serpents. That is what the Lord has called us to do. I'm gonna leave you guys today with uh, one more verse because I think it's so important, especially my heart just keeps, I'm just drawn to this uh, mom who's suffering and struggling right now. So I wanna leave you this out of John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you. This is the Lord Jesus. So that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have trouble, but take heart, have courage. I have overcome the world. In the book of Nahum chapter one, verse seven, we read the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who take refuge in him. We appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much for supporting this ministry financially. I'll link back to that and how you can do it in the show notes today. And also for joining us for the Bible study at MomStorm International. Again, today is the first day of that study. You guys, is gonna be a great study, a look into the book of 1 Peter. Have a great day, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.